Hello and welcome to another episode of the Halloween Podcast. I am your host, Lyle Perez. Today, I have my friend Bowie, who has returned for another episode of the Halloween Podcast. Bowie, how's it going? Hello, everybody. Hey, it's going fantastic. How are you? Doing well. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about the original movie, Night of the Living Dead, the one that pretty much started the whole zombie revolution. Bowie. Do you have any memories about Night of the Living Dead? Oh, man. That was the first, one of the first movies ever. Oh, man, it just, it took my breath away the first time I ever saw it. I, I, you think you're going to get a happy ending, and then George uh, just pulls the rug out from underneath you. And I had never been so flabbergasted and so affected in my life. It, it, was, a, it was a moment. That movie was a moment for me, for sure. <laughs> How old were you when you first saw it? I might have been... 11 or 12, 13, somewhere around there. Ah, so young. You weren't as old as I was when I first saw it. I, yeah. I don't think I saw it. I saw it maybe when I was about, when was I living alone? I think maybe 19, 20 is when I first saw Night of the Living Dead, the original. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I know. It yeah. was late. I remember mostly the remake that they did in the 90s, the Tom Savini one. I remember that one more. So uh-huh. when I went back to watch this one after watching the the, the remake a million times, oh. I was like, "Wait a minute! This is extremely different from, from <laughs> you know, the version I'm used to." Because yeah, you know, yeah. there, there was at least a survivor at the end of that one, but this one, there were no survivors. Yeah, it was bleak, man. I, I'd never, I'd never expected to finish to the original. Um, Again, you, you go on that entire ride and the, and the argument and who was right and who was wrong at the end of the day and then everything plays out. And then you think, oh, you know, Ben's going to make it out. And man, he's too he's too scared of what, you know, everything that just went down. So he's moving slowly. He's not trying to draw anybody's attention. And they think he's a zombie. I got ah, it finished. Inspired the ending to my book. Um, amazing, amazing uh, movie amazing movie and i didn't mind the remake by the way yeah i thought the remake was was good because that's the one i remember the most that's the one i saw when i was a kid and i thought that was night of the living dead little naive me i didn't know that there was an actual like black and white version that was the first i thought that one was the first well yeah that's not and that's funny that, that the way you came away or came to the um the expectation you had for the old movie was the similar expectation I had for the, the new one. And then when it played out different, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with how it played out, the, the, the new one. I think uh, Savini would, had a similar but different message for the world, I guess, in that that time period. But uh, um, I, I didn't mind either of them. They're, they're, I enjoy both of them. I enjoy both of them. I did too. I really liked that. I, I like the feel of it. Like in the very beginning, nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're both in the, in the cemetery. They're doing whatever they're doing. It's, it's pretty much the same exact scene in both movies. And mm-hmm. when everything just happens, it seems to happen really fast. Like, I don't know what time of day they're going to the cemetery. They're probably going in the afternoon because in a, a short of a few hours, it's night. 
and we're inside the house, the the little farmhouse or whatever it is. So it, it uh, seems to move pretty quickly in that regard. Both of them do. Mm-hmm. They do for sure. Isn't that Bill Johnson and the uh, the guy from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Wasn't he the brother in in uh, uh, the the remake? I forget who it was. Ah, eh, never mind. It might not have been him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of these horror people they they recycle. Yeah, exactly. When they quickly through different movies, all the yeah, all the regular folks, yeah, the, the folks that uh, are in the horror movie circuit. Yeah, well, they they have to stay in the, in the horror movie circuit because that's what they're known for. So they might as well just continue with with horror movies. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So let's see. We got. Let me give you a little bit of a background on Night of the Living Dead. The movie originally was released on October first, nineteen sixty eight. It had a budget of 114,000, but it only made 30, well, it made 30 million in the box office, which is huge to think about now because it was only $100,000 and they made 30 million, which is insane. Uh, The movie was made by George A. Romero. It was written by John Russo and George A. Romero. It was pretty much a film that had to do with like I said the budget was really small so they had to use people that they knew to be the characters in these things Yeah. so everybody knew each other they were all part of a, I believe a, an acting group um, so that's kind of how they got all of these people together and they did it for such a low budget end up making a lot of money what's funny is I think the expectation for that movie uh, at the time um, you know with the because I remember my expectation when I first saw that movie I was a uh, um, of course, I was a little kid. They had it was Halloween week, so one of the local stations, local San Antonio, San Antonio stations, was playing a, a scary movie every night. You know, um, uh, so on one day I saw Halloween two. On an, uh, on the other day I saw Prom Night. I remember seeing Prom Night for the first time, and then on the third night, you know, it was Night of the Living Dead. And I thought after seeing these, you know, other horror movies or the slashers. I guess is what those uh, other ones were. And I saw this black and white movie, and I thought it was going to be like from the creatures from the Black Lagoon or like Frankenstein. And man, it was, it, it turned out to be a lot more than that. In fact, I think that was the expectation. The story goes, a lot of people that went to that were, were you know, the expectation was it, it was those old movies. But no, they, they came out rattled. Like people, people walked away from that with a real, real experience. So, I mean, I know I saw it myself for the first, I mean, when I saw it myself for the first time, I was like, Blew my mind away. You got a little girl killing her mom as a, as a zombie, and and the eating her dead dad, and you've got a brother, you know, coming back to happens to be part of the zombie horde that ends up taking his sister and doing the zombie horde, and it's it's nuts, man. It's a it's it was intense. It was pretty intense. Oh, so. I know. I mean, what a lot of people don't realize is this movie actually did come up with a concept of what we know zombies as now. Uh, mm-hmm. flesh eaters, very slow. Well, they're kind of fast now, but um, pretty slow. They're always in your face. It started with this movie. There is no like lore of, you know, flesh eaters, people coming back from the dead to eat your flesh, yada, yada. Before this movie, it didn't exist. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't give it the credit it deserves that this movie is exactly what made zombies as we know now. That, absolutely, 100%. You know, it's funny, they... they uh... We're going to release it as Night of the, the Flesh Eaters, I think. And they, they actually had to change it to The Living Dead because 
there was some other B movie or something that was, you know, called The Flesh Eaters. And so uh, there was there was a small little copyright thing where I, I'm pretty sure that was a story that they were going to call it Night of the Flesh Eaters, but they couldn't. So they called it Night of the Living Dead last uh, last minute. Um, I think that has to do with why at the very end they cut out. I seem to remember the story is like they cut out the. Um, the copyright Night of the Flesh Eaters at the very end of the movie. That's why it's a pretty ab abrupt end. And they never put, uh, uh, what was it? They never put uh, the copyright Night of the Living Dead at the other side. Because so that there has, that's because when you say the movie made millions and millions of dollars here a moment ago, I, I, it's it's interesting that the Romero and that crew didn't see a lot of that money eventually because <laughs> the, of uh, copyright laws and right. uh, how that movie ended up getting distributed without the, uh, you know them having the right legal package protection package. Yeah, that that was a goof on, in in their um, in their part because because they didn't do the copyright the way that they needed to. It is in the public domain. People can go now to YouTube to watch it. Uh, they can pretty much go to any of the public domain things, find the movie, watch it because it, it's not it, it's not under copyright. So they didn't get any of that money. Well, they didn't get hardly any of it. I believe there was a, a legal battle. To, to try to get it to, to be public domain, but eventually they lost, so they couldn't do anything with it. And um, the copyright issue was a big thing for Romero and uh, John Russo, all the people involved, because they didn't do it the way that they needed to. It went into the public domain, so people can go and they can find the movie, download it online now. And at the time, you didn't have to pay for it because it was in the public domain. And it was a goof on their end for not doing the copyright set the, the way they needed to. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was because it went through three different name changes. First, it was Night of Anubis. That was the working title. Then it went into... Oh, wow. Into, I didn't know that. It, then it was, interesting. Yeah. Night of the Living Flesh Eaters, which is the one you, you were talking about now, until it became Night of the Living Dead um, for various reasons why they had to keep changing the name. But because of all of those name changes, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why they didn't put the correct copyrights in the movie and it went into the public domain. Yep. Yeah, that, that's nuts. That's nuts. But uh, it's cool to, cool to meet the, the cast. I met Romero uh, twice. I've, I've met Romero twice. Uh, was a cool guy. Um, they had a Romero Fest in Austin. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse hosted an outdoor screening of, um, it was Creep Show. Uh, Creep Show, The Crazies. Uh, it might have been four movies. It might have been Night of Living Dead, Creep Show, The Crazies, and then uh, Day of the Dead. And um, he was funny. He first talked about. I remember that was one of the first times we heard about Shaun of the Dead. He had seen a, apparently an advanced screening of it. He he I thought it was great. Uh, and then I got an autograph with him. I've got several autographs with him. So it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. I met him again in. Uh, Dallas. He was in Dallas. Well, where we hung out that one time, and um, uh, well, you saw what happened. I had that shirt that says uh, uh, "Romero is what God looks like." And when I yeah. went in to uh, get his autograph, I was like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm honoring you, sir." And he was like, he kind of looked at me like, "What in the world?" <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty sure he sees funny. a lot of crazy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was he's all he was always super cool when I met him. Man, I'll never forget. How tall he was, you know. You, oh, you, you no. don't get a sense of how tall the dude is. Tell you something, person, man, he was tall. But anyway, yeah. I mean, if if the listeners have never been to a convention, it's it's pretty much a convention hall with tables set up, and the person, like all of the celebrities, they're behind the table. They're sitting down, you know, signing autographs. You can't tell 
anything about the people because you don't know how tall they are or anything like that because they're not standing. They're all sitting. And George Romero, when I first saw him, like, standing, uh, we were waiting at the bar for, like, for a table to get some food or something like that. And he comes out of the other exclusive <laughs> bar or whatever it is, the uh, really upscale steak place. And he was huge. Like, he had to bend down to get underneath the door. <laughs> That's how tall he yeah. was. Yeah, pretty cool. I, I met several cast members. I think one of the first ones I met was, uh, well, I, I was, had a book signing at the uh, for, for Down the Road. Down the Road had just come out. And uh, I had a I scheduled a book signing at the Animal Draft House here in San Antonio, and um, um, the uh, dude that played uh, the the gas station attendant, Clark. Okay. Uh, last last name Clark. The the one that leads the rebellion into, um, not Forest Green. What was it called for? Not Forest Lawn. Fiddler's <laughs> Green. Fiddler's yes. Green. Fiddler's Green. Yeah. Uh, I met him. I forget his first name. I think his last name is Clark, though. Uh, so it was cool to meet him. He gave a little speech. It was actually around this time. It was Halloween time when they released uh, Land of the Dead. I'm sorry, Land of the Dead should be the one I'm talking about. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet uh, Bar- the uh, lady that played Barbara. Uh, was that Judith? Judith O'Day mm-hmm. uh, uh, in Seattle. Who else did I meet? Um Oh, heck, I met um, Chili Billy Cardilly, Lori, Lori Cardilly's, uh, Lori Card, Cardilly, Cardile, I don't know how you say her name, but um, met her in, in oh, I forget where, but there was a lot of cast members from um, uh, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead were there. The uh, Irish guy was there. Uh, oh, the guy that uh, gets eaten, that lets the people into the... Uh, military base was there. It was it was a lot of it was a lot of cool dudes, and they saw my shirt that said Romero is what God looks like, and they they actually got got together and took a picture beside it. So nice. I'll never forget that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's always pretty cool. I mean, the, you could yeah, a lot of these people they're all still alive and well. You can go see them at conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have passed away. George Romero did pass away not too long ago. I'm pretty sure it was last year, not uh, about a year ago, July 16th, mm-hmm. 2017. Uh, sad to see him go. And I, Richard Liberty's not around. Richard Liberty. Uh, that's true. Uh, Frankenstein from uh, Day Day of the Dead. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he died. He was in the Crazies too. The original The Crazies. Uh, I think that's his name, Richard Liberty. I think. Anyway, I never saw the original Crazies. I should really go back and watch it. I saw the remake a couple of times. Remake was all right. Remake was all right. The original is is spooky, man. The original is pretty pretty spooky. I've got a I got a copy of it. It's. Yeah, it's a good one. You need to you need to try to find it. Seek it out if you can. I will do that. Yeah. But talking more about the people we had, uh, Dwayne Jones. He was the lead actor in Night of the Living Dead. He was ben, yep. the main guy. And the funny thing about it was, like I mentioned earlier, these were all George Romero's friends. They were all you know part of their acting crew or whatever they were doing. So the way he got the role was basically they looked at other friends and said okay we're making this movie very low budget we have to get our friends involved who's the best actor <laughs> and Dwayne Jones was the best actor out of out of all of them so he got the lead and what they didn't realize was at the time there were no black leads 
Oh, that's right. There were none. So, So they pretty much made this movie a racial thing without even thinking about it like they mm-hmm. like they never had a black lead before and they just did it because he was the best actor out of all their friends they got to make this movie so here you go and there we go he became the lead actor yeah it's so cool that uh, you know even back then they uh how cool you know a group of people were that you know culturally or societally you know that that wasn't something that was happening yet and because they're such cool people that didn't even matter to them it's like who's the best actor oh yeah well then he needs to be ben come on okay who's next you know, they didn't even think you know anything of that at the time that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah they, they didn't even think of it and then we had judith o'day who was the comatose woman in the entire movie barbara yeah barbara, barbara yeah uh she was also in vincent price's house of wax which i've seen and she did a great job in that one. Oh wow house of wax yeah i have that one you talking about with uh I'm sorry, you just said his name, uh, Vincent, Vincent Price? Price. Yeah. Oh man, Charles Bronson is in that one too, isn't he? A young Charles Bronson. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in that one. It's it's yeah. a great yeah. movie. I remember I got that movie in like a, a twofer. I wanted to watch the uh, uh, Last Man on Earth. I think that's that's what it's called. Um, okay. The I Am Legend, the the original. That's I Am another Legend. Vincent Price. Yeah, that's another yeah. Vincent Price. Vincent Price, and I ended up I, I rented it off of Netflix, and I was like, cool, I, I want to watch it. So I waited for it. I got it, and it was one of those two for discs. It had uh-huh. House of Wax, and on the other side, it had the um, I think it was called <laughs> Last Man on Earth. That's, that's what it was Last Man on Earth. Yep, pretty and, sure. And it was both of them, so I ended up watching both, and I was like, hey, cool. I love Vincent Price, but I didn't know he was a bad guy in House of Wax, which I thought, you know. He had to be a good oh, guy. Yeah. He was a bad guy. He was always had been like a heelish character to me, I guess. He, when I, you know, in, in the movies, that he's always going to be the spooky guy. I mean, look at the, what is it, the uh, Doctor Fe- uh, Doctor Phoebes, mm-hmm. uh, the the astound the astonishing Doctor Phoebes or whatever. Man, that was that was macabre. That was, you know, they used to describe old movies like, oh, it's so macabre. That movie, the finish to that movie with Vincent Price was macabre, man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, you'll have to check it out sometime. Vincent Price, he is missed. I, I really, I, I love that he did so much, like acting and so much content, horror content. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really sad that he's not here anymore to continue. But he did give us a lot. He contributed his fair share. Vincent Price, wherever you are, thank you, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love your so. legacy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, he died what in the '90s, 30 years ago now. Jeez, 30 I years ago so. in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, Judith O'Day, I do remember meeting her. I saw her at Crypticon in Seattle, I think. I saw her two years in a row there when, when I was doing book signings and, and all that stuff. And mm. she was really, really nice. Nicest yeah, lady. she was super sweet. Even see. Uh, who else do we have? I didn't expect a British accent when I sat down with her. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize she was, from, she was from Britain. Yeah, which I didn't is cool. either. It's really cool. Man, these conventions. But uh, yeah, and then we had uh, other people. Keith Wayne as Tom. Uh, we had Marilyn East uh, Eastman as Helen, uh, one of the uh-huh. Coopers. Uh, Carl Hardman as Mr. Cooper, the uh, Harry, and mm. those two characters, like I felt sorry for in both movies because they end up getting killed. I mean, they they're in the cellar. The daughter she is basically bitten in a coma. She dies in the cellar, and then she ends up killing them. And I'm like, yeah. man, that definitely would have been me because there's no way I'd be able to to put down one of my daughters like that. There's no way. I'd just freaking kill me. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. 
yeah, it was just a, such a horrible moment, you know, that, that you know, that the how complicated Romero and Russo made those characters, you know, with their, you know, opinions on things. And, and again, just with how everything played out, even though, even though uh, Carl Harkin's character, uh, uh, Mr. Cooper was a jerk, you know, you kind of still felt bad for him because, you know, they got in a fight upstairs and he ends up getting shot and he's trying to go back to his daughter and, and then he ends up dying, and then the the daughter ends up dying and eating him, and then the the mom comes downstairs and sees the daughter eating her dad. It's like, I, you know what's you know what's interesting. Uh, when when I first saw that movie, you know I loved it, and I saw it with different eyes. But now many years later, as a as a, a parent and a father, man, that that scene moves me very differently now. It it really it it hits a more emotional depth. Uh, me more emotionally i guess now that you know i'm a parent and a father it's like how horrific how ugly it was just such a ugly moment now even even uglier i guess an ugly moment even uglier now with uh you know life experience and being a being a parent it's like yeah that scene that scene hurts me a lot now uh maybe you know just under the 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 finish just under the finish of the movie so yeah i know i feel the same exact way like i always killed with my with my wife if there's ever a zombie apocalypse you can kill me, like don't feel bad. Just kill me if I get bit. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, right. and then she says, she says the same the thing. Just kill me, and I was like, okay. I mean, I can put you down, but the kids, I don't think I could be able to put the kids down. Eesh. Yeah, that's that's an ugly, ugly, ugly thought, man. Ugly thought. Don't want to think about that stuff. <laughs> I know, but do you know the story? How they they came up with the concept of eating people? Uh, no, no. What was the, what was the, uh, I mean, cause it's, it's similar, but different than the tradition of the old, uh, like vampire and, you know, werewolves where you get bit and you become a vampire or you become a werewolf. Um, what, what was the, what was it? What the was way, it? the way Romero explained it, he basically, um, cause it's no secret. He took a lot of the inspiration from this movie, from the book, I am legend, which is uh, from Richard Matheson. They have a lot mm. of the same qualities uh, you know, things coming back to life, getting infected, getting bitten, all that stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. identical. And they said that they wanted to make it different. How could they make it different? And they wanted to do a very, they wanted people to remember this movie. They thought that what's the most graphic thing that they could think of? What's the most grossest thing that they can come up with? And flesh eaters is what somebody said. And they said, okay, the ghouls, they're going to be flesh eaters. And that was how they came up with the concept. They just wanted to nice. come up with the most gross, grotesque thing that people will remember. And cannibalism was it. So, okay, cannibalism. And they got meats from that local meat shop uh, for everybody to munch out on, and people were eating them raw. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of people, a lot of the ghouls, like the actual actors, they got sick from yeah. having it. But if you watch them, like if you watch the movie, and I th- there's a scene where they have a lot of close ups of them just going to town in front of the house, just on the ground yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they go at it with a lot of gusto like they're sitting there chewing on this stuff eating it and i'm just like man there's no way i'd be able to eat that stuff no way yeah it's gruesome man that's that's it's gruesome of course i say that and i eat menudo all the time and you know different kind of tripas here in, in <laughs> san antonio it's like that's kind of the same thing it's like Man. You know, menudo is just, uh, you know, cow stomachs and, and innards. So it's yeah. good, though. It's, it's really it's good. Great. But, I mean, I haven't had a yeah. three bus taco in a long time. I really need to go down to Mexico and pick one up. 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. I live so How close to Mexico. How far away from you from the, from the border? For, what is it, Mexicali? Uh, right now, I am uh, literally about two, uh, 30 to 40 minutes from Tijuana. Oh, nice. Very so, cool. Very not cool. too far. So if you ever come down here and you want to go down and hang out in, in Mexico and in Tijuana, we'll go down. We'll go to TJ, man. Heck yeah. They might have some Lucha Libre there. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff going on all the time. My dad still yeah. lives there, so we can go stay with him. That's awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Plans for later. But <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that, that's how they came up with the concept. And it's it still holds up, really. Like the whole flesh eating thing. They, I mean, the Return of the Living Dead kind of, kind of went in a different direction. Instead of being flesh eaters, they went after brains, and that's kind of where we got the whole zombies eat brains thing. Was from that movie. Mm. A lot of people don't know that it didn't exist in Night of the Living Dead. They were flesh eaters. Return of the that's Living right. Dead. They were brain eaters, and yes. people don't realize that the zombie lore doesn't go back that far. It only goes back as far as here, and then that's it. If you want some of the older zombies, like White Zombie and all that stuff, the hallucination zombies, you go to the older stuff. But but that was voodoo. That was like voodoo magic. Yes. That, that was the the old zombies uh, from those movies. Um, you know, classic black and white movies. Yeah, they were uh, voodoo magic. Yeah. Magic zombies. Bella Lugosi, I'm pretty sure, was in White Zombie or one of those yes. zombie movies. Uh, That's right. Played Dracula. He's got a crazy story. I really want to do a show on him one day. Uh, he, oh, what do you mean? Uh, oh, like where he came from and how he how he started his time in the business? Yeah, and basically cool. how he was poor because he he was tricked into doing Dracula for like only four hundred dollars or something like that. He was tricked into it. And, oh man! And um, yeah, so he out of that movie, he only got about four hundred bucks for playing the role, and he was so broke at the, at the end of his life. I think that there was a thing where he he was most known for being Dracula. That's what he wanted people to remember him by. So when mm. he got buried, he got buried in the cape, like in the Dracula oh. cape. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of cool stuff that went on with Bela Lugosi. Maybe I'll do a show on him someday. Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. The Universal Monsters are still kind of a, kind of a thing lately. It seems like they're, they're – are they trying to do – what I see, something was coming up with the Universal Monsters. I don't know if they were going to try to do them again, but with a huge modern twist. But but with a, I don't know. They're, I see. I still see them all the time. It's like they're they're still a thing. So, oh, they're still around. I mean, they had that that mummy movie with um, that Boris pretty Garlow. boy. No, that pretty boy. What's his name? The new one. Um, oh, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. With Tom Cruise. Okay. And that was That's such a right. failure that I don't think they're going to do anymore. Uh, they, well, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. Halfway through the movie, you get another character introduced. What is it, Mister Hyde? Like suddenly, it's, yeah. it's like, what are they, what are they doing? They're trying to do these crossovers. But, yeah, they, they try to do like, like a Marvel universe type thing, but with the Universal monsters. It was just a failure. Oh, that's that's right. That's what they tried to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but they, they need to do them like, do them justice. Like do them right. Don't try to do. Don't try to mesh them all together like they try to do. You have to do like do a, a good remake of you know Frankenstein or or Dracula. I mean, we had the one in the '90s with Gary Oldman. That was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> they need to have stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, you're you're right. The one that they they call Bram Stoker's Dracula, yes. right? To to separate the distinguish it. Yeah, it was yeah, good. That, I mean, they should, a... they they should have done more of that, but they didn't. 
we got what we got and that was terrible <laughs> but speaking of the Universal Monsters I'm pretty sure Rico Browning is still the last surviving uh, Universal Monster that's still around I got the, that, that same convention that Romero was at where we showed him that shirt remember he was he was there too I've got the, in fact they're hanging on my wall two autographed pictures uh, from that dude yeah he's a uh, really he's really, really nice. Lagoon, right yeah he's uh he's 87 he's still kicking he's still the, the last surviving universal monster well he was the healthiest i guess if he was you know olympic swimmer or whatever <laughs> yeah. all that work that he did you know in the movie in that suit man that's pre-cgi they they shot that stuff underwater and they had to get the shot and the dude the dude was athletic man athletic so it doesn't surprise me that he lasted the longest, probably being the most healthiest, you know, out of all the people having a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, it could have been it. I mean, he, uh, for people that don't know, he played Gilman in Creature of the Black Lagoon. Uh, there was two Gilmans in that movie. There was one that was on land, and then there was one that was in the water. Rico Branding was the guy who was in the water. So whenever you see that movie, every time you see him in the water swimming around, that was Rico Browning. I, di- I didn't know there were two. Okay, I thought it was the same dude. Interesting, very cool. No, there, there's two. That's well known. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. I thought he was. A, I thought that was the dude. But I didn't realize it was the. Uh, it was the swimmer. The swimmer was uh, one. The guy in the water, and the Rico was the guy in the water, and somebody else was the one on land. <laughs> Julia Adams was in that movie, The Creature of the Black Lagoon. Man, she was smoking in that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those those old uh, old movies had some pretty women, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, ben Chapman was his name. Gilman. Okay, Ben Chapman. Got it. Yeah. But, okay. We're not here to talk about that. We're back. Let's go back to Night of the Living Dead. So, yeah. what else? <laughs> I found this article on 10 facts that we didn't know of uh, Night of the Living Dead. The original idea was an alien comedy. Did you know that one? Alien comedy? That's weird. I didn't know that. Uh, alien comedy? I, I don't see it. Well, I kind of see it because at, at one point we hear in the in the radio broadcasts or the the news that uh, hey something has returned from you know earth the Mar- uh, yeah. the mercury probe right or the mercury yeah so, something like venus, that the venus probe the venus probe yes, yes that's, that's it, that's the, it. The, the venus probe came back and yeah that's actually george romero's cameo he's walking by this the uh capitol building and the the interviewers are all he's one of the interviewers he's one of the interviewers asking the people about the you know the venus probe or whatever and and uh yeah, they're like, oh, we don't know. So I can see how that old concept kind of remained with the movie, with the uh, idea that the, this virus came from space. It was a good idea, but I'm pretty sure that's that's why they left it in there, to kind of give everyone confused. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. We got number two. George Romero was heavily inspired by I Am Legend. We kind of, I kind of knew that from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Jones rewrote his own dialogue as Ben. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Uh, it says that the, the original character of Ben was written as very angry, and he was a rough truck driver. Um, I can, mm. can kind of see that, really. Because at some point you can see, like, when he's trying to board up the house and Barbara's being, I don't know, a comatose woman, he, like, yells for a second, and then he calms himself, and he's like, you know what? I, I know you're scared. I'm scared, too. We have to board up this house. You need to help me, lady. <laughs> the truck driver. I, I I did not know that that this was the uh, I guess original intention of the script. But he 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 did mix it up and make it um, 
He kind of made it his own, for sure. Made it his own. Yeah, he made it his own. He, he did it. He did a great job. I love him in that yeah. character. Um, yeah. he, did, he didn't really do much. He only did like six movies, I think. Oh, Dwayne Jones? Yeah, Dwayne Jones. Um, he, he died in like his 50s. It was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died young. Uh, the fake blood was made on a budget. It says that all of the props were made very cheaply because they didn't have a lot of money. They only had $150,000 to work with. And uh, since the film was shot in black and white, I mean, the crew, they didn't care what color the blood was. They can paint, make whatever. It's black and white, so who cares? That's right, as long as it was dark. I, I heard rumors that some, some of the blood was uh, chocolate. Yeah, chocolate syrup, which is chocolate what it syrup. is. Yeah. And uh, they, they pretty much uh, they changed it a little bit with um, red ink and stuff to kind of uh, some of the shots in, in the night, of course, are going to be darker than the ones in the in the daytime. So they kind yeah. of picked and choose whatever. But yeah, eating all that chocolate syrup, I guess, would make anyone sick, really. Yeah. You put it on raw meat. <laughs> yeah. The nude ghoul caused a spectacular scene on set, a spectator scene on set. Um I remember this story. Uh, there's a point where they were going to have a nude zombie walk through the camera. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, a lot of people kind of heard that there was going to be a naked woman walking on the camera. So a lot of people showed up to watch it. And, <laughs> and I guess, like, if you look w- with that scene, you can see somebody in the background that's not supposed to be there. Oh, wow. Well, I'll, I'll have to look for that. Does that scene just happen, I wonder? Yeah, I never... I, I never. I'm watching. I'm sorry. I'm watching it behind me. I don't know. Oh, what he's, nice. I was like, oh, did I? I might sit and see if I can see that one person watching. Anyway. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, three different crew members set themselves on fire during filming. Wow, that's not oh, funny. Oh man. Well, there was that one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the. I remember. I know the scene they're talking about. Yeah. The. Uh, uh, let's see if there's anything. Yeah, they were supposed to do the when they did the Molotov cocktails. Mm-hmm. That's that's apparently when when it happened they actually caught fire yikes <laughs> I know, you don't want to get, get into that uh, both Romero and Russo made cameos which uh, Romero was the guy in the um, as the uh, as the re- reporter um, Later, yeah. Russo played one of the uh, ghouls that got damaged when they reached the farmhouse oh whoa what, uh, I wonder which one he was I'll have to look, see if I can figure out which one he was yeah he was one of the two that got hit by the tire iron in the beginning with like, the bathrobe? The one with the bathrobe? <laughs> Wait. Could have been him. What was there one with the bathrobe? Uh, yeah, I remember that scene. I remember that scene. Yeah, he poked... Maybe it's that guy that came in, he pokes him in the eye. Guy's in the back door. Zombie's in the back door. Ben hits him with the with the tire. He puts his hand to his eye, and he, he falls backwards. And as he falls backwards, you see three more people behind him. Because you think, oh, there's just, you know, one or two... It's like no, they they're coming. I think that was one of the one of the best, one of my favorite shots from that movie. Dwayne Jones fought against an alternative ending that would have saved Ben. What would you have thought if Ben would have survived? Man, you know what? That movie might not have affected me as much as it did had that had that had it played out with that this alternate alternate ending. You know, I've liked a lot of movies, you know, and then I don't watch me. I, I liked them, I enjoyed them, but I don't you know have. Uh, they they don't stay with me like that that moment that moment did had they had they changed it up that might that movie might not have been as popular as it as it uh, still is. Yeah, I think so because at the time you know heroes never died in movies. That's mm-hmm. that's what 
you know, that's part of the movie thing. And having the hero die would really, uh, like, put this in people's heads. That's probably why we're still talking about it 50-some-odd years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that, that moving, just a strong, strong choice, strong choice at the end, and just, just a great story, and just, a, oh, that ending. Yeah. They, they shoot him, they put him on the fire, and they burn him. That's the last image you see with the with the zombie that, that attacked him at the very beginning. Like, he, he's in the same dead pile with them. It's like, oh, man, anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. I still can't get over it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's in the public domain because of a creditor's error, which we kind of knew that already. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Its creators sanctioned both a remake and a revision of the original, but neither was well-received. I thought the 90s version was well-received, <laughs> but it might not have been. It was just well-received by me. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, again, I don't, I don't know why it... Uh, I guess I guess because it changed everything up. And I think I remember when I watched the second one, what stuck out to me, because I, I was familiar with politics and what was going on socially at the time, that... Uh, um, we, you know, we, we could see as like, oh, they're trying to make, you know, the, the, the strong woman or the, the uh, which was, you know, I guess a, a theme at that time. I don't want to, I don't like the word feminazi or whatever, but I, that was one of the things that some of my friends were, were throwing, oh, she's a whatever, feminist, whatever. So, um, but again, I, I didn't mind the character because the moves were motivated. And again, I think it was also a reflection of the, of the two different time periods, why that one stuck out as a, as a big contrast. Uh, from the from the previous character, like we, like you had mentioned, you, you the one that becomes weepy and catatonic through the movie in one version becomes, um, you know, one of the guiding forces in the in the remake. Because if they're going to place it in a modern time, they had to. Uh, I could see why they would want to make a little different choice with that character and uh, and the story that they told. So anyway, yeah, well, they did it good. I mean, they went along with basically the entire story but they just at the very end kind of gave it a little twist uh to make the woman more less catatonic really <laughs> less being in a trance though the entire movie I, man i i didn't like that character in the original one i don't know why probably barbara? Because she, yeah, barbara? yeah barbara because she didn't do anything really she was yeah. like she was just there i thought she was more of a main character because of the remake and then when i saw the original it wasn't anything like that. I don't even remember how she died. I, I think she just got eaten or something. There, her brother pulls her out the door. Oh yeah, that's her right. Her brother shows up as they're starting to storm the the, the siege the siege at, in the house, uh, and the zombies start finally busting everything down. And her brothers are at the door. She's trying to stop them at the door. She sees her brother, and then she she stops. And of course, you know, let's go of the door, and everybody comes in. But her brother drags her back out. And you know it's him because he puts his hand on the door and you see his uh, driving gloves because he was wearing driving gloves um, in the car. So that's how you know it's him for sure. Driving and he drags and he drags her out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much towards the end of the movie. And actually, no, I think that's like in the middle almost. When what is when Barbara dies? No, no, no. That's that's at the end. That's that's definitely at the finish. That's definitely the last. You know, five ten minutes of the movie okay. when they start to when they start to storm the place. Um, you know, she's one of the people posted at the door that's trying to hold them up. But then when it, when she sees her brother's face, she, you know, she kind of gives it gives up, and she's so shocked that, you know, it, it, she ends up letting them all in. But her her brother drags her out. That's definitely one of the one of the final moments there because that's after 
Ben and Mr. Cooper uh, had that gun. Well, it wasn't even a gunfight. They they had a they had a struggle over the gun. He shoots uh, Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper goes downstairs, and then Ben has to go back to try to stop the the, the zombies with everybody else because he already lost the two boyfriend girls and the novios blew up in the in the uh, truck with the gas. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you see the zombies eating their cooked cooked flesh or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's right. It, 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 at that point, it's really just Barbara and uh, and Ben, Barbara and Ben trying to hold it down. And and again, they they storm the place because I guess they got I guess the con the idea because that happened just a little bit after the 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 novios blew up in the in the truck. So you think they? It, the, I guess the idea because I never understood why it took them that long to make the move. Uh, on the on the on the house, if they had numbers, I guess they're they're dumb. I guess I, I don't even know why they would be kind of strategizing. Like, hey, hey guys, we need to make a move. The, the zombies aren't out, you know, <laughs> creating right. a game plan. But I'm thinking, I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out that maybe finally the motivation for the zombies to do that is because they had all just munched out on the roasted people and they wanted more. I think maybe that's why they all finally made a move on the on the uh, on the farmhouse because they knew that there was more maybe fried goods in the house so yeah i mean we never really get any like we never see the point of view of the zombie really like what mm -hmm. they're doing there we don't know their motivation well their motivation is to eat uh but that's it we don't know anything above that we don't know if they're making plans because at one point at the very beginning they like destroy or they don't destroy but they kind of break the lights on the on the truck and I was like, oh. Like they didn't like the bright lights. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And, and, about the bright, you can see one holding his hand up and then throwing yeah. a rock. Yep. So they, they're smart enough to think of that stuff. So they're, they might have been making a plan waiting for more to show up so they can easily storm it. Maybe because um, Ben came out in the beginning and kind of killed those two zombies that were hanging around. So maybe the third mm -hmm. one was like, oh, maybe we should wait until, maybe I should wait until there's more. It could be a two because they weren't really, even though they boarded up the place, they weren't really trying to break in. Uh, they weren't really trying to break in because you're right. They were, they were scattered around or they were whatever. Like I said, it's just weird that they, they finally make that move. You know, they're at the end, they all decide, but maybe you're right. Maybe instinctually they knew they got, they had a crowd. They just ate. They're like, Hey, there's, there's more, you know, food and there. Let's, let's go. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Everyone get in there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they were just scared from the huge fire that was going on from that truck. And so they all just try to get inside the house to get away from it. That could be it. Cause they established earlier that they didn't like the bright lights or the fire. Cause that's when, uh, cause Ben lights up that, um, that comforter or that comforter, whatever, that, not a comforter, but, uh, that chair, he lights that chair on fire and he throws it out the back door to scare them off. Oh yeah. Um, and of course, they back away from the fire. That's, I think, one of the moment scenes where one of the, the one of the zombies caught on, caught on fire. Somebody caught on fire when when he threw that chair out there. Seems like I remember somebody running off and just a pant leg is on fire and like it's gonna be stumbling, <laughs> stumbling into the woods or something on fire. But yeah, and then after that, they pretty much take over the whole house. Ben runs upstairs to the attic, and well, in part two, in, in part two. Oh, in part two, yeah. In the sequel, not, not part two, but this the the '90s version, the right. Zavini version. Right. 
That's what happens. And then he comes down and then they kill him there. But in this one, he pretty much gets shot like in the head after looking out through the window or something like that. that that's right. That's right. Then he's trying to stay quiet because he doesn't know what's going on. He hears barking, hears talking, but of course, you know, he won't attract attention if it's more zombies. So, I, you know, the motivation is there. You don't understand. You, you want him to say something because you know what's out there, but the character Ben doesn't know what's out there. So, of course, he's going to be, you know, creeping and crawling because, you know, he's still vulnerable if they're, they are out there and he wants to see, you know, what what's going on. And it's just every time it's like, why didn't you say hello? Why didn't you say whatever? And it's it's a no-brainer. He didn't want to do it because he didn't know for sure what was going on outside. Yeah, because they didn't really get much of a much of a reaction. The, the only thing they know is what they heard on the on the radio broadcast or the the news that they were watching when it all happened. So they knew he knew about the militia that was forming because we see the scene of you know the, mm-hmm. the TV and and they're watching the the rednecks and stuff busting out their guns to go shoot all of these zombies and. Yeah. So he, he knew that, you know, hey, there's a bunch of guys out here. They got a lot of guns. Like, maybe I should just say, hey, you know, it's me. But then again, he might have been, you know, too too shocked. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. But that's basically the end of the movie, really. And then we get the sequel. Or not the sequel. We get the remake 30 years later or 20 years later, however long it was. And then several since then, too. Uh, the 3D, they did, what is it, Night Living Dead in 3D. Um, the colored version that they did. Yeah, they did the colorized version. Uh, Russo, I think when they were trying to get the rights to, you know, the the movie again, where they had the added additional scenes. Did you ever see that in Night Living Dead, where they had the additional scenes before they arrive at the cemetery where they're trying to bury that guy that ends up attacking them? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then they have another scene at Beekman's Diner in the middle of the movie. Did you, did you ever see that one? I did not. I did read about that while I was doing the research. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I could find it. I think it was uh, 1998 is when they did that one. That might be it. They, it, it actually might be like 98. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, decided to revisit the film after its 30th anniversary it was inspired by the star wars special editions uh russo wrote and filmed new scenes for the project including an original uh, an origin story for the cemetery ghoul which is there the it is designer. yep yep those guys that were burying them yep yeah but it wasn't well received apparently no i wanted to have all of those uh, uh tapes uh burned and destroyed i wanted to find them all and just burn them and destroy this is not <laughs> this is not the movie that that needs to be told because i think they even i think that's the other thing is they screwed with the ending too like they didn't leave you with the character getting shot like they added something else like they they did something to the ending too and i was like you no 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 like i watched it once and i wouldn't yeah i couldn't i couldn't couldn't watch it again, man. I could not watch it again. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take a peek at it because I've never I've never seen it. I just heard about it, so I'll see if I could find it somewhere. Yeah, but I guess to finish off finish off this conversation, let's talk about what we think the actual origin of the zombie is, because we never get an explanation. Like George Romero, I believe when he died, he was working on a film that was supposed to give the explanation as to why the zombies came about. Oh, man. But I don't think uh, I, I don't think there was much into it when he passed away, so we never knew. Like, we don't, we, we don't know. There was no explanation. So what do you think is the explanation? 
Well, it's some sort of space madness. I mean, you got to go with the information, the only information that we could draw on uh, from the original movie, which is that, that again, it's ambiguous, but of course, again, the Venus probe, something, something came down to Earth. That's the news report we're hearing. Nobody ever really gets a chance to do any research on it because it's already starting to affect the, you know, the, the nation and the dead, you know, rising from the grave to attack the living. Um, so, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with that. Something from space, some sort of, some sort of virus, some, something that, you know, reanimated the dead. So, I'm, I'm gonna stick with that one. I'm gonna stick with that one. Yeah, that seems to be like the most logical thing because we do get that one little scene of them saying about the thing that comes back, but in in later. In later additions to the Living Dead, um, I guess sequels, I don't know what to call them, they're, the zombies seem to get smarter as time progresses. Because then we have, mm-hmm. we have, first we have Night of the Living Dead, then we have um, Dawn of the Dead, which is basically them remembering about the shopping malls, that that's where they go to, and there you go. And then the, the next movie we get is Day of the Dead, basically the, the military trying to figure out what's going on, trying to come up with the cause and, and all that stuff. And then we have Land of the Dead, which is basically the humans learning to cope with the zombies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last one, I, uh, Survival of the Dead, was basically... The Hatfields and McCoys, how, how the zombie was affecting, right, small-town communities or something like that? Yeah, it, it was it was that. Um, Wait, hang it, on, you said Diary? Oh, Did you we, say Diary? No, we had Diary of the Dead is, is, is the, the next one. Um, that one's okay. about you know the, the kids and the filming and, and all that stuff. So it's basically like uh, almost a prequel type thing, but it, it's basically Night of the Living Dead all over again. Um, mm. And then we had Survival of the Dead, which is you know the zombies are getting smarter. We have the um, the horseback riding zombie. That's right. That's right. The horseback riding zombie. That's right. We have that, and I. I don't know what to make of that one. There's never an explanation as to any of them, but the zombies seem to get smarter as time progresses. And I don't know what Romero's thinking was about this because they came up with a lot of this stuff by accident. It wasn't just him. It was the whole group. It was, you know, John Russo and and the other people that were involved in the filmmaking process. I'm pretty sure they didn't know. They didn't care what the origin was. They mm-hmm. just wanted to put this out there. Yeah, I... I think so too just just uh, some things are better left unsaid man leave, leave stuff to the imagination there's a lot of you know great movies like night of the living dead used to do that so i think it was a good choice just to keep it ambiguous man keep it ambiguous i know people want answers but you know just keep it ambiguous and let's tell a good story you know learning you know what it is or not in the context of night of the living dead and, and the story in that setting wouldn't wouldn't make a difference on how they're gonna you know have to work work with each other and deal with things so don't worry about that stuff. Tell the, tell the story that's there. You know, I think it was a smart choice. Hmm. I was just looking at the IMDb for a lot of this for um, George Romero, and I came across something that I've never heard of. It's called Night of the Living Dead, Darkest Dawn. Have you ever heard of that? The origins of Night of the Living Dead? No. Uh, I. It sounds familiar, but no. I, I, no. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I, I never, I've never heard of this, but I think it's like a retelling. Oh, it's an animated retelling of the original Night of the Living Dead film. Oh wow! It's set in modern day New York City rather than the '60s. I've never heard of wow. that. I should check this out because this was made by, I believe it's Romero's son Cameron. He's the one that made that film. 
Oh, wow. Okay. It's okay, supposed to be cool. a prequel to Night of the Living Dead. So I have to check it out. It's an animated movie, so who knows how I'm going to like it. Yeah, I've never, yeah, never seen it. I'll have to look it up, too. I have to look it up, too. Origins, 2015. Okay. All right. So what else can we say about Night of the Living Dead? Or do you think that's it? <laughs> well, there's so much to be said about it, man. I'm telling you, it, uh, it spawned, uh, like we were saying, the zombie zombie horror genres. We know it, man. So, and of course, you have something to say about independent filming too. So, there, yeah, there's still a lot to be said for it. But I think we've said, I think we've said a pretty good piece. I think we've represented our our feelings and love towards it. Oh yeah, I mean, without George Romero, we wouldn't have any of the big stuff. We wouldn't have Shaun of the Dead. We wouldn't have uh, The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. We wouldn't have any yeah. of that stuff without George Romero. So, I guess this is just our way of pretty much giving thanks to George Romero. I mean, I don't think you would have been writing about zombies without George Romero. No, I wouldn't have written about not. zombies. So it's, it, it's, we owe so much to this guy for giving us something like this without even really doing it on purpose. They just did it because it fell together and it just became this huge ordeal. Yeah. Beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. How things like that work out. Yeah. And I also got to give thanks to John Russo because John Russo had a lot to do with, you know the the filming and stuff. George Romero just seems to get all the attention, but John Russo, yeah. thank you. Also, yeah, you're right. Also, to John Russo, you're right. He, he always gets he does get lost in the mixed and, uh, but you know with the focus on Romero. But yeah, definitely props to John Russo. Yeah, and I guess with that, that is going to end our discussion with Night of the Living Dead. Bowie, where can people find you if they want to check out some of your stuff? ZBFbooks.com, ZBFbooks.com. I recently won uh, uh, runner-up uh, best author in uh, San Antonio uh, this past year. So that's the official website, ZBFbooks.com. Nice. If you want to check out any of his books, uh, why don't you give us some of the, 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 the titles of your books? Well, if we're talking zombies and people want zombies, I've got plenty of those. Of course, the original Down the Road series uh, can be purchased on Amazon, Down the Road, Down the Road on the Last Day, and Down the Road, The Fall of Austin. Uh, and, of course, I have some more recent zombie stories, uh, The Texas Assassins uh, and uh, Sword of the Angel is another zombie one. I've got a weird western that has zombies in it as well. Uh, that's uh, The Cruel Fate of Dr. Brewster McGill, one of my most, one of my, uh, interestingly enough, one of my most uh, uh, popular titles uh, that that's, uh, that I have. It's uh, I don't talk about it a lot, but people like it. People do like that one. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, come check it out. Yeah, check out his works. Uh, pretty fun. Very imaginative stuff. You guys got to check it out. So, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. No and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to send any questions, comments, or want to suggest anything for a future show, you can go ahead and send those to thehalloweenpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd uh, like to find us on Facebook, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash thehalloweenpodcast. We're on Twitter at the Halloween Pod, And if you'd like to support the show, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Those do help. You can also go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Halloween Pod. Guys, have a good night, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.